What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Hope you guys have been enjoying the extra content. Sean and I are going to try and make it so that you guys will be hearing from us a little bit more than once a week, Uh, but we are jumping right into a Monday rundown today on a Monday. Started off talking about PGA Tour, recapped the Honda Classic, and then we jumped into the Arnold Palmer coming up. Following that, we talked college basketball. After that, we talked NBA, a little bit of MLB, and then some bullshit as we always do. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports for all the new episodes and enjoy the pod. We'll be talking to you guys on Thursday. I'm good, man. Long time no talk. Uh, it's been a little over 12 hours. No, 24 hours, I think. I don't know. I was going to say, how much time has passed in your life? <laughs> um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the live thing. Um, to say we're having fun doing it would be the wrong... I mean, I always love talking to you, but watching it is tough. But we're men of the people. Nobody's putting it out there, and somebody's going to listen to that. Damn straight. And by the way, we got more news about its ratings that... America's Funniest Animals outdrew the live tournament coverage on the CW this weekend, which is not what you want to hear if you are a if you're a decision maker in the live. Yeah, I mean, I think I would prefer to watch America's Funniest Animals. What about you? Well, there were some funny animals uh, in my coba, so I think they True. should have spent more time on that. They should have had a crossover. They should have. It was. See, this is why they need us. This I forgot what those things were called. Yeah, I did too. I don't know my animals that well. But they anyway, look like uh, anteaters mixed with monkeys mixed with squirrels. They're nothing I've fucking seen in person. I can tell you that right now. But um, there was a PGA event this weekend. And I know it was not an elevated event, but we mentioned it in passing, and we can talk about it now, Tom. Mm-hmm. As Chris Kirk wins the Honda Classic, shooting a minus fourteen, he won the playoff. Um, shooting a four over Eric Cole's five uh, to secure the victory, and they didn't have to end up going into a Monday. What but, a what a shot! By the way, he what stuck an that thing. Shot. He stuck that thing to a couple. I'd say less than a f- two feet. I mean, clutch like you wouldn't believe. So this was an interesting recap for me, as of course I went to uh, the NLU podcast to get the full recap this afternoon and. I found it very interesting to hear about Chris Kirk's story, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, alcoholism and being very honest about it and struggling, you know, to, to find his footing on tour. He's not staying. He can't stay in hotel rooms, I guess. He rents houses to avoid uh, the, the disease. And that's got to be such an unbelievable feeling to come from where he's come from and win a tournament like the Honda Classic in the last year of it being Honda sponsored. No doubt about it, man. I think I told you he hasn't won since 2015. Um, awesome story. You know, I'm, I don't want to say I'm big into to addiction, but it's one yeah, of those I things. I would not publicize that. It's one of those though. things. As you know, I was a drug rehab counselor at one point in my life, and uh, 
believe it or not, it's it's on my resume. It has happened. Um, I always forget you held that job. Yeah, um, that was a get me through um, trade school into that was it, the hours worked. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I was a counselor. I ran some people's lives. At least I'd like to think so. I ran AA meetings or AANNA. So that's wow. Narcotics Anonymous for those who don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love these kind of stories. Um, and to come back from that is just amazing. And it seems like he's really turned it around. He's got a hell of a beard too. Very nice beard. You know, I can respect the beard game. Um, I want to get a little more information on you about some of the runner-ups. So obviously Eric Cole, who he went into the playoff with, and Tyler Duncan, who finished at minus 12 in third place. I don't know anything about these guys. If you do, I'd love a little lesson. Sure. Um, I mean, Kirk took a more traditional role outside of the hiatus that he took. Um, I think he's got five PGA Tour wins. Uh, Came out of Georgia, Corn Ferry, up to the big tour. But Eric Cole, I mean... He has um, he he turned pro in two thousand and nine. Um, he was uh, and then between two thousand and nine and two thousand and sixteen, he played on the mini tours, local events, and Q School. Q School, if you get through Q School, gets you uh, a Corn Ferry Tour card, I believe. Twenty sixteen, he earned his Corn Ferry Tour card, which is like basically AAA for golf. I think I would put it. Um, okay. And then that takes him up through 2019, won 14 times on the minor league golfing tours, uh, 56 wins across a million different tours. Um, 2019 in the fall, returned to Q School to get the Corn Ferry Tour status back, um, got his tour status in 2020 strengthened uh, by Monday qualifying into a tournament. Um, 2022, he earned his PGA tour card through the corn Ferry tour, which you can do in a multitude of ways. Um, I think you have to finish in the top 20, 25 of the corn Ferry tour, or, um, you get an automatic bump if you win three tournaments in a season, which has happened before. Um, and then now he's the runner up at the Honda classic. Unbelievable. That is awesome. Quite a Uh, timeline. 2009, I was in ninth grade. Yeah, that is a full timeline. I was starting, 2009, I was ending my junior year and starting my senior year of high school. So that is a long time ago. I can say that we are probably very different people than we were back then. I mean, we're going to talk about the Kings later when they, I was in sixth grade during their last playoff run. I mean, in ninth grade, I was, 2009, I had just started high school, freshman year high school. It is pretty amazing when you hear some of these things like time just flies and we just get so caught up in the sports that we have. And we have certain guys. That's what I think made Brady so incredible. It's like I was in elementary school, I think, when he started. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, but no, that's a good time. Another another crazy stat, just to put it in perspective, six hundred and eighty eight thousand six hundred and fifty nine dollars on his previous seventy nine starts across the Corn Ferry and PGA Tour this week for his runner up finish. Nine hundred and fifteen nine hundred fifteen thousand six hundred dollars for one for four days. Not bad. Not too shabby. Not bad. 
No, that's a good purse right there. Thank you for uh, giving that timeline. Because obviously, you know, I know the main players. I'm six episodes in through uh, full swing, getting more acquainted with the stars, both on tour and now in live. But some of these guys, you want to know their stories. They're these non-elevated events. But what I found interesting is I guess this is the last year that Honda is sponsoring this event. They've sponsored it for a really long time. Well, can you you wonder why? It's probably the least advertised worst tournament of the year. And they always get the shit end of the stick. And they just finally said, we're not giving you all this money anymore. Right. So my question to you is going to be, who's going to step up? Is there going to be a sponsor? Are they just going to play an event and not have a prime sponsor? Well, they're not going to do that because the PGA tour can't afford to do that. Unfortunately, I don't know what's going to happen to be honest with you, because there's no, unless the PGA tour makes some guarantees, which I don't think they can, because you, you have to give these top end players a break at some point and they have to play a certain amount of the elevated tournaments so you have to give them a break at some point i I don't know what kind of guarantees the pga tour could even make it's a tough spot uh you know you see the honda car way out there in the in the water and you're thinking okay well they're done i understand why but somebody's got to step up to the plate like you said um i guess this has not always been honda but honda sponsored this event for 47 years that's a long fucking time it's sad to see it go um i i guess i don't know i i really don't know what the hell's going to happen to be honest well, I guess we'll have to stay tuned for any news there. Obviously, it's not going to get the same publicity that the other main events do. Um, but, hey, it's it's still there for some pretty good stories, and I think we had a good weekend with that. Anything else you want to talk about from the tournament before we make our picks and to preview the Arnold Palmer? Um, no, I, I just... You know, for a for a lull of a weekend where there wasn't any big players, it's it's really big for the PGA Tour to have such great stories, even on a on a down weekend. And they don't have Studio Fifty Four like Liv does. So that's yeah. I, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You tell me. I don't know. It's tough to come back. Uh, they didn't have a DJ. What the hell? Uh, How are they even playing golf? You know, it, it certainly felt weird looking at the highlights where I'm like after watching live all weekend, I was like, yep, this, uh, this is more what I'm used to. All right. <laughs> looking, looking at the field ahead to the Arnold Palmer Invitational, guess who is in it? Eric Cole. Good for him. Yeah. Looks like he got himself a couple qualifies. I like that. Absolutely. Keep, keep the momentum going if he can. Um, do you have a foursome for us? I have one for us and Whoa. a, uh, and a pick. Jesus Christmas already. I do. Whoa. My God, you've impressed me. Um, You want to go first? I need you to know that you're getting full commitment from me. I love this. This is me with college football. It really is. Um, Okay, so the first name on the list is somebody who you're not all that fond of, but Patrick Cantlay is in this field, as is Joel Damon, who I love and I'm a big fan of from the Netflix uh, doc series. So he's somebody that I have my eye on in this tournament. And the last two, I have Jason day. I feel like he has a good four rounds of golf in him Hmm. as well as Tommy Fleetwood, who I will pick as my winner for this tournament. Tommy Fleetwood. What a cock tease. You know, he's never won on the PGA tour. He's won plenty on the dude. Perfect uh, world tour, which is formerly the European tour. I hate the dude perfect because I think they're a bunch of fucking losers fall uh sponsors it but god they've blown up 
Yeah, they really have. I'm not a big fan either. Kind of toolish, if you ask me. But yeah, and I don't believe that, that those win, trick shots are on the, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that they're real. Of course not. That's some bullshit. All right. That's your foursome. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little different. I know this is a, this is a long hitters tournament. So with my first pick, I am going to go ahead and select I'm going to take Tony Finau off the board. Knew it. Um, not really known as a long hitter, but a ball striker, although he's gotten a lot more length this year. I'm going to take Ricky Fowler off the board. Nice. Um, God, this guy Cole Hammer. you got to take him till he wins, right, Fowler? Yep. I'm going to take him till he wins. Cole Hammer, where the hell did he go to college? He looks so young. I think he just played at Texas. And he's one of the best uh, amateur, former amateur golfers in the world. Uh, whatever. Regardless, I'm not taking him. I got to see it first. You got to show me first. Um, oh, Chris Kirk in this tournament as well. Good for him. Nice. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take two other players with a little bit of length. I'm going to take just a guy that's perpetually hits bombs, and that's Rory McElroy. Never a bad choice. Nope. And then for my final pick, you picked him last week. What are the chances he's going to win again? You know what? I'm going to I'm going to pick Xander Shoffley. Nice. All right. Yep. A little different. Yep. So just to recap, who do you have again? I have Cantlay, Damon, Day, and Fleetwood. With Fleetwood winning the tournament. Okay, and I have, who do I have again? Finau, Ricky. Finau, McElroy, Ricky, and Shoffley. Yep, I do indeed. So that's our foursome. I got a couple of long hitters in there and then a ball striker and Ricky. Um, I, I like where I stand, and I like your picks as well. Excellent. Hey, if I can get some, if I can get some you know, positive words out of you for my picks, I feel good. No, you did a good job. All right, um, Full Swing, Episodes 5 and 6. So the Matt Fitzpatrick episode slash Dustin Johnson, and then the Tony Finau and Colin Morikawa episodes. You were totally right about Finau. Absolutely love him. It's impossible not to. And I think, you know, he, was, he melted a lot of hearts with his episode. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, he's been my guy since I originally announced my force. I'm probably back in, what, 2020, 2019. Um I just could never shake him, even though it was calling him top 520 because he could never win, although he's ripped off four more wins since. Um, just seems like a fucking awesome dude, and he's had he hasn't had an easy go at it either. No, his story is, is you know, it's a tough one, losing his mom, and then, you know, obviously being there for his wife when she lost hers, and uh, or her father, rather. But, you know, the family is great. You see that interaction that he has with each of them. His son is doing juniors. Um, yeah, impossible not to love him. And I got to say, I really like Morikawa, too. Yeah, Morikawa is cool. Um, he just seems like a, a very serious, but also like a cool guy and knows when to take it serious and when not. Like you saw him in that apparel meeting, and he just kind of stood up for himself, and I like that. Um, what did you think of the DJ stuff? It was everything that you told me to expect and that you said when you talked about it. He didn't he didn't give us bullshit. He gave us the honest answer and you know, he said that I'm not 
I'm, I'm, it would be stupid to not take the money. I, again, I think that it's a little more uh, gray than that. Uh, you know, you're facing a moral dilemma, uh, having to take the money from who you're taking the money from. But again, I kind of he, he's accomplished so much on the tour that it, again, it, it sucks that because he still has so much great golf left, as we even saw part the glimpses of it on the live tournament this past weekend. But I guess he feels like he accomplished what he needed to accomplish on the PGA. He can still play majors. And for now, you know, he's setting his family up for, yeah, for now, multi-generational wealth. Yeah, and that's one of those things where I believe when you win a major, you have a five-year eligibility for all the majors, and then the major that you do win, you basically have lifetime eligibility. So okay. I don't know. I don't. He won the Masters in 2020, so that means I be, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this, but he can play in all four of the majors until 2025. And then he can play Augusta as well as um, he won the U.S. Open. Pretty sure it was the U.S. Open for for as long as he wants. But, I mean, the way he sees it, he's probably got, you know, a four- or five-year runway to really compete in these things anyways. And then he's just, if he wants to play in it, it's just going to be kind of like how John Daly plays in uh, the PGA. I think it was the PGA he plays in um, where it's just kind of, you know, just there as a, What's the word? Ceremonial kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can kind of get that sense, um, no doubt about it. And then as for Fitzpatrick, I really, really liked him too. I thought this, I thought that episode painted him in a really good light. Um, his ability to win that, win that U.S. Open in, in Brookline where he had won as an amateur. Yep, it's uh, so it, another. Before. And that it's harkens back to the JT thing. It's so cool watching the process, knowing that what's to come at the end. Yeah, no, it is. It a hundred percent is. Um, I gotta tell you, man, this has been a great series. I've really enjoyed getting to see these golfers be transparent and honest. And yeah, some of it's, you know, they're performative. We talked about that, but I think for the most part, these guys are really just being honest and letting the, letting the Netflix, uh, people do their job and it's definitely you 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 see the personalities come out what's your least favorite part so far got to be polter right i didn't hate polter i told you that it, like i didn't hate like, it either but i like brooks way more than i like polter so if i had i love the whole series so if i had to pick a least favorite it probably would have been polter I, i'm just, that's all i'm saying not that i sure. didn't like it i'd still watch it again sure polter to me it was just very much like you know, what do you say? Like, does a bear shit in the woods kind of thing? Like, sure. Like, that's that's kind of like you're using that British humor um, very bluntly. But again, he was he's been done with the PGA Tour. This is not somebody who's in the middle of winning tournament after tournament. So I didn't mind it at all. I honestly I haven't looked at anybody and looked at them as like, wow, you're a real piece of shit. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> Listen, you never know. Some of these guys could rub you the wrong way. I really like, I'm only halfway through it, but I really like the Gala uh, in the next one. He's a super cool character as well, and he's he's not going to be in the foursome. I think Tom Kim has, dra- has grabbed that by the reins, but he'll be floating around with Will Zalatoris and Ricky Fowler and a few other of my favorites right outside the foursome as guys that I root for. Cool. Well, we got two more episodes. We'll recap that towards the end of the week. And um, 
we'll be done with it. But overall, it's been a very it's been a very entertaining series. Yep. Oh, no doubt about it. Can't wait for the next one. There you go, man. All right, you ready to talk college b-ball? Yes, Tom. We're in our final week of college basketball. Can you believe it? The year just flies by. Thank goodness we're getting close because the sports calendar is slow right now. Yeah, it is. It's the calm before the storm. But the final week of the regular season is upon us. The uh, top 25 has been updated. Just a couple recap from this weekend. The top four teams, Houston, Alabama, Kansas, UCLA, all won. By the way, we know that there's a huge issue going on at the University of Alabama basketball program right now. Uh, there's a lot of legal stuff going on. There are ties to murder going on right now. I don't feel super comfortable talking about it. So I thought I he was already, to... I don't want to say acquitted, but he was. Uh, they basically said not, he had nothing to do with it. Well, Darius Miles was suspended from the team, and uh, the number three, you know, projected uh, overall pick, uh, yeah, had nothing to do with it. But there's still ongoing investigations. So okay, we'll leave it legal, be. but we'll, I, I'd like to leave it be. Um, but yeah, so they're still ranked third. Kansas, Brandon Miller, by the way, is the player. Uh, forgot his name for a second. Wills, Kansas Jayhawks, and UCLA. They're in the top four. They all won. Purdue lost again, Tom. I think we should start here. They lost to Indiana. Indiana swept the season series from them. And I got to tell you, I'm in, uh, the more I watch Purdue and I watch teams go at Zach Eady, the less confident I feel in them making an extended run in March. If you've got anybody that can that has a quick first step and get to the rim and they could take on that big man, it's over. Do you think that this is just them getting through the dog days of a really good conference, or are you looking at them and saying, I just can't project them to, to go too far? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say when you asked how far, like what I thought would be a disappointment. I thought that's what you are going to ask, and it's like, well, what do you expect out of them? Because for me, I think at best they're a Sweet 16 team. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to a Final Four. Is it their history? Is it their current roster? Current their roster. Lack of guard play? Okay. The lack of guard play. You know what dominates the tournament? I've been saying it all year. It's the guards, and no, they can't stay in front of anybody. No, and if Edie isn't just imposing his will, I mean, they go through some big time scoring droughts, man. Yep. They're like Virginia minus the really good defense. <laughs> well, speaking of Virginia. In a game North Carolina absolutely had to have to keep any semblance of a hope to make the tournament, they beat number six Virginia 71-63 in what was probably the most popular upset pick of the weekend. Yep. By the way, preseason number one UNC. Do you think that the, the AP did a really shitty job of just putting them in at number one? To be honest, I think the AP, when it comes to preseason rankings, has no idea what the fuck they're doing. I would agree with you. I mean, we're in this weird limbo right now where it's, for for a, for most of college basketball's life, it was the senior latent teams are always going to be the number one overall. And then we had from the mid eh, late 2000s to, I'd say, about 2019, it was... You know, whoever had the best recruiting class, basically the one and dones. And now we're in this limbo where it's like, I don't know who to pick. It's hard to because with the transfer portal and yep. the turnover in rosters, 
teams are so different year to year now. I mean, North Carolina, yes, they lost in the national championship game, but I think people are forgetting how Cinderella of a run that was for them last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had two games where they had to mount amazing comebacks in the tournament just to advance. I mean, this was not a team that waltzed through the tournament last year and lost in the championship. Yep. No, no doubt. And, and I think they were poised for a letdown after that. I don't know why. I, I mean, I know they had what a five star or a four star added to their team. And co- did they have any transfer guys? Off the top of my head, I can't recall. I, I but I I know for a fact they lost a couple prominent players. Yeah. So I just think I don't trust anything. I need to see the first couple tournaments before I make any decisions. I think that's fair. Um, and I've Arizona's- ramped up my college basketball watching, by the way. Yeah, good. Uh, this next week or two is going to be it's going to be a lot of college basketball on the docket. Um, Arizona State beat Arizona 89-88 on a buzzer beater three. To me, Arizona's still one of the top teams in the country. They needed Arizona State needed a real kind of miracle shot to win this game. Arizona's really, really good. I could see them going far. I agree. Uh, uh, you know the formula, man. It's guards, guards, guards. And they've got them. Yep. Um, Baylor beat Texas 81-72. Uh, Texas started this game in Waco. They were up like 19-4. to And then Baylor went on a crazy run, and they never looked back. They won this pretty easily. And, man, this Big 12, I know I like to give it shit sometimes uh, in both sports, but holy shit, they are absolutely uh, – this this – cream of teams is it is just absolutely insane to me how good this conference is yeah i think we give them more shit in football than we do basketball right yeah but they have had some fugazi teams in in basketball no they have but i think they're more of a basketball conference at this point i hate to tell anybody out there um and this year they're stacked no they're they're really really good they're really really deep a couple of these teams i could easily see getting in the final four Tom, entering the final week of the regular season, we have Virginia leading the ACC at number 13. Uh, There's three teams of the ACC in the top 25. Um, Again, I think this is Virginia's conference to lose in the the ACC tournament next week, but they're just so underwhelming. They are. I mean, Miami leaves a lot to be desired, and then who's the last one? Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were a hot choice at the beginning of the year, but they fell off. And Clemson's been in and out of the top 25, too. Yep. Um, but they don't do much for me. No, nah, but I could totally see them losing a stupid game in the ter- in the uh, conference tournament. For sure. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Virginia is weird. They don't perform great. I feel like they're one of the highest-rated, their highest-seeded teams in the ACC tournament every year, and they have a lot of early-round exits. Yeah, it's funny. I mean... Within the last five years, they're coming off of an NCAA title, but anybody, anything anybody can remember is the year before when they lost to a 16 seed. As well they should. Uh, they're the only team ever to do it. You can't, you can't shake that no matter how well you play You know, the year after and years after that. Um, Houston and the American, they're the only American team in the top 25, and they're an absolute juggernaut. Because of how well they've played in the NCAA tournament the last couple of years, I don't doubt that this is a team, despite a weak conference, that is a Final Four team. No. Anything short of the Elite Eight is a disappointment. 
Big Ten, we talked about Purdue. There's three teams in the top 25. You said Sweet 16. We don't spend much time on Purdue. What about a team like Indiana? Could you see Indiana having a, a sustained run come tournament time? I think Indiana has a type of team where they could make a Cinderella run to the Final Four. I actually am kind of with you. I've watched them actually quite a bit this year for t- non-Big East team. They have a lot of guys that I really, really like, including their center, Trace Thompson. Uh, they're really, really good. Um, let's go into the Big 12 with Wills Jayhawks. They're the number three team in the country. There's five teams, as we talked about, in the top 25. On a perfect night, Texas looks like you can beat anybody. Baylor looks like you can beat anybody. K-State as well. But I think when push comes to shove, Kansas is on a repeat tour, I think. For the Big 12? Yeah. And possibly for an Addy. Shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. But, yeah, I mean, they... I feel like last year was such a quiet championship run, maybe because we refused to have Will on the pod until uh, other big sports news happened. But they're going to win the Big 12 running away. I think so. They're they're just so fucking good. I'm sure Will is just basking in his Jayhawks love. Uh, but if the, the odds, big... I'm sorry to interrupt, but if the odds are good, I am going to bet on Baylor. Okay. I just like what well, I'm seeing. Yeah, and they won the they won the national championship two years ago. So the Big Twelve is two years straight. Uh, the Big East, where our teams play, uh, UConn had uh, their fun at your it. team's expense. Don't talk. But about there it. are four teams in the top twenty-five. Marquette is the best. They are ranked sixth. Xavier. I have said Xavier. You've said Xavier. Are you changing your mind at all? No. Xavier's a squad. Dude, did you see that Villanova beat Creighton by like twenty the other day? Creighton, yeah, they're such an up and down team. They, I feel like they have been the same. Where they're not like DePaul, where it's like, oh, this is an easy dub in the Big East or Georgetown over the last couple of years since Mac left. But they're, you know, they haven't been relevant since Dougie McBuckets, really, right? Or maybe one year. I mean, they're good every year. They they won the Big East tournament a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, they're good every year. They're they're always in the top twenty five, but mm-hmm. they haven't been that kind of team since Dougie McBuckets. That's for sure. Yep. Pac twelve UCLA. I think UCLA is running away with it. We don't even really have to talk about um, who's the other one in it. Well, Arizona's ranked seventh. They're, yeah, they are right there. I think that those two are on a crash course. Oh yeah. For uh, for for the uh, Pac twelve championship. Easily, I'd be disappointed to to miss that. To uh, if if one of the teams missed it and we couldn't watch that, it would be shitty uh, because both those teams are so good. I think that would just be an ultimate tune-up for both teams heading into the NCAA's. And then in the SEC, we mentioned Alabama; they're ranked second. There's four teams in the top 25. Obviously, Tennessee is right there. Kentucky has cracked their way in. But Tom, I got to tell you, Tennessee, I'm not buying anything with them. Alabama, I think, is the real deal as long as all their players continue to be able to play. They're a juggernaut, but I don't like Tennessee. I think that they have to win rock fights. Sometimes they just don't. They can't score. I think they're they're going to be an upset alert early come bracket time. They've lost too many head scratchers for me to care about them. I think that's fair, and Rick Barnes does not have a great history in the NCAAs. They lose early round games a lot. Yep, they need their they need Bruce back. 
Yeah, he's at Auburn. Uh, I know, and they're not very good this year. They have been good of late, but they lost a lot of players. Yeah, they have. There's always a little bit of drama with them and a little bit of, you know, casual trouble uh, in Auburn. But he's a great coach for them. But, yeah, man, it's it's pretty amazing that we're already in the last week of the regular season. What are your Johnnies going to be? Are, are they uh, in? I was just about to say to you, thank you for not making me talk about St. John's. You have to. No, I don't think they're in. After that after that big time loss to UConn, I think they gotta win the Big East tournament in order to get in. Did you take anything from UConn in that game that made you think because you said last week that you would not be surprised if they won the Big East tournament. Mm, I feel the Are same they- way. I just think that they have the explosion from the guards in their center. What's his name? Sonogo. Sonogo is they need to feed him more, in my opinion. They need to work inside out with him. I think he's a really good passer out of the post, and he can make his free throws, which gives you the ability to keep him in the game late. They are such a shooting team that But that would open up the shooting. You know what I'm saying? No, it would, uh, because the defense likes to collapse on him. Sometimes he does take his sweet old time. He was really good on Saturday of getting rid of the ball early when the doubles came. But then you have a backup like Klingon, who I think had six blocks by himself, um, and, you know, he's not very refined offensively, but he's a legit 7-2, so a lot of offensive rebounds and, and disruption at the basket with him. Yeah, no doubt. I would I would let uh, – what's his name again? Singoon, is it? No, it's not Sinogo. Singoon's in the NBA, I believe. Um, that he is. Yeah, I would let Sinogo go. Just like if he gets into foul trouble, at least you have the other big man to bail him out. Then you go to the guards, but – just try and get him a rhythm inside out. Draw up some plays for him early to where he can make a decision and either go to the bucket, get fouled, or score, or kick it out. The one thing that has been encouraging is they've been getting to the line more lately, which mm-hmm. is something they were not doing for a long time there. Um, but the the entire offense runs through Jordan Hawkins, who is yeah. just a special, special scorer and shooter. He's, um, he's, he's the... Um, I mean, there's a guy on St. John's, I forgot his name, but he's like the much better version of him where it's like shot clock is down, bail us out, and then he goes and gets you a bucket. Yeah, yeah, because he gets to his spot so well, and he he really is starting to become a three-level scorer where for a long time he was just kind of a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, But he's already being projected in like the late end of the lottery with the NBA, so if he can have a good Big East tournament, the UConn Huskies will finish with DePaul and Villanova. I'm predicting one and one, but as long as they get that first round by uh, at MSG, I'm happy. Yep. As for the Johnnies, yeah, unless they win the tournament, I don't think they're getting in. Um, Saturday we were texting about it after we did our podcast, and that was a pull-your-hair-out game for me. I mean, so many mistakes – how many points did UConn have off turnovers? How many second-chance points did they have compared to St. John's? Probably zero. Um, you know, for a team that wants to be such a violent offensive team where it's a run and gun and whatnot, when they get into the half court, they shut it all off. They don't cut to the basket, and they're not very technically sound, so you need cutters when you don't have guys that are going to run plays technically well. And the big man went in and got fouled a couple of times. I forgot his name. And I really like Soriano. He's yeah. good, the big man, yeah. Yeah, that's his name, and he made all of his free throws, and it's like, why are we taking him out? He just he just on back-to-back plays got fouled and made both free throws. Like, why? And no one's yeah. cutting. It's just they take way too many chances on defense. We need a new coach. I agree with you. Anderson has to go. He got teed up 
lost some frust- he had some frustration, lost his composure. Uh, you had that other kid who uh, wears the glasses. He was chirping at the refs the entire game. Uh, they just didn't look like a team that had themselves together. They haven't in a long time. <laughs> we'll see if they can pull up any upsets next week. I, I forget who they finish uh, their last two games against, but um, it, it doesn't sucks, matter. They should be better. They should be a better team. They could go. They could go two and zero this next this last week. It, it, they're not. They're they're not even on the bubble. I cannot wait until we get the breaking news sounder and we do an emergency pod that Slick Rick is coming to St. John's or somebody. Of it's that not. Level. It's not going to happen, man. I think. I think Slick Rick is happy. I think he's happy living on wing foot, staying out of the city, but being close enough to where he can get some of those recruits that slip through the cracks and in the transfer portal. I think he really loves where – and dominating the Mac. I think he really loves where he's at. That's such a perfect yeah. retirement job. It is. It is. And I think that that's a team that I just know nobody really wants to face if no. it come tournament time. I mean, it's – it was a sick run last year, but it's really a shame that St. Peter's went on that magic run. I mean, it was awesome, but I really wanted Iona to be the te- the first team out of the MAC to win an attorney, and I think this is the year where they're going to win at least one game. I was going to say, maybe they can follow suit this year. You never know. Once, once Patino is in the NCAAs, anything's up for grabs. No doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, you ready to talk about the uh, the upper league here? Yeah, we are, and I just want to plug this real fast. We obviously went on Phelps' pie last week. You and I did a lot of NBA with him. If anybody wants to check out the Just End the Suffering podcast, uh, we hopped on there uh, to talk NBA, but we haven't done much NBA just ourselves uh, lately, and we have a couple of things to talk about with the first weekend after the All-Star break complete. We do indeed. Um, Do you want to talk? Oh, I'm going to retweet that right now, by the way, so check us out. At Sorry Sports, if you want to find out Mike Phillips' pod, it is in um, our Twitter feed now, and the link is in the description. Beautiful. Um, Let's talk Knicks and Nets. We'll start with your Knicks because they're the good story right now. Tom, they've won their fifth straight game. They absolutely killed the Pelicans on Saturday night, the second half of a back-to-back after a gritty win in D.C. This team looks really, really good right now, and I think I'm going to be eating my words because on Phelps' pod, I said I like the Nets' chances to hold on a little bit more than the Knicks. Right now, the Knicks are by far the better team. Yeah, and we're up. I mean, not that halftime matters, but we're up 14 on the Celtics at halftime. This team has just really put the clamps on defensively. I mean, the last couple of games, they outside of the Jazz game, which was just a shooting fest, They've held the teams under 110 points, which in the NBA is like holding teams back to to 90 points back 15 years ago. They seem to have an identity. They're reminding me a lot of what they were two years ago. They play harder than just about everybody. But they're a better team than two years ago with more talent. Yeah, you didn't have a Jalen Brunson. I'm not trying to convince myself that they're going to make a run, but I just think that this is a more sustainable team and that we could carry on with this in the future, maybe. Well, let's talk expectations right now. I think we talked about them being lumped in with the Nets and the Heat. I see no reason at all why the Knicks can't grab that fifth seed and potentially challenge Cleveland for the fourth. 
I I think that they're able. I think after this after this five game run, I think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna comfortably grab the uh, the six seed. You should want the five. Excuse me, the five seed. I'm sorry. I, I think, think that they're so. gonna. I mean, we've got the Heat one. We've got the Heat on March third, which is a Friday. I'll be somehow figuring out a way to watch that game. That's this Friday. Yep. And then we've got both both games. We've got another game against the Heat on the twenty second, uh, and then one more game at the Garden. I'm still thinking we're gonna go one and two in that in that stretch. Like I said on Phillips's pot, the Heat have not been good lately. They've lost four in a row. Um, yeah, and I know they're playing Philly tonight. They don't have the ability to shoot, even with Kevin Love's addition. They have so many stretches where they have to play nineteen nineties basketball because they just can't put the ball in the basket. And that's our only hope is that the Knicks can go on an absolute run against them, and then defense doesn't even really matter when you're up 25. I think it's fair at this point, having watched my team, and they have a lot that they need to figure out. Uh, I'm not convinced at all with the Heat. I kind of expected this stretch out of the Nets coming out of the All-Star break, though. Just, you know, you have literally a whole new team. Ben Simmons is quite a distraction. And you're still trying to figure things out, but I do think the Nets have one more run left in them. They are in a position where they have to figure themselves out defensively. Mm-hmm. They're just completely getting lost. And by the way, their their schedule is pretty fucking grueling. I mean, they've got the Bucks tomorrow night. They've got your Knicks in the back-to-back on Wednesday. Then they've got the Celtics in Boston. I mean, they are yeah. in a stretch right now where they're not going to win a lot of games, man. Yes, don't look now, but the Bulls Bulls won two in a row. The Wizards lost two in a row. Maybe that trade made sense for them. Or the pickup Maybe that they did. made with Beverly. Yeah, yeah, with Beverly. I, want, I mean, they, they beat my team by 42 on Friday night. Ooh. They were leading in that game by 50. Um, it was over That's an asleep at the wheel game. Started. Your team was just asleep at the wheel. For sure, but those are the kind of games that the Nets are capable of having now. I mean, they got off to a really slow start in Atlanta. They almost won that game if it wasn't for Trey Young hitting a buzzer beater. But just in this group of teams, man, we see things change fast. I think the Knicks right now are in in the best scenario of the other teams that we've talked about. Yep. You ready to talk Western Conference or anybody else in the East? I think I don't really think we need to talk much about the East just because we know the top is the top. You think that the Nets can give the Cavaliers a run for their money? I don't. I think the top four is kind of set. Um, no, but I think the Knicks can give the Cavaliers. That's what I meant. Their money. The Knicks. Yeah. I, I don't think they can. I don't think they're going to catch them. Although uh, the Cavs have looked a little bit shakier as of late, getting their their fourth quarter offense up and running. But I, I think I think the four is going to shake out. Top four is going to shake out kind of as it lays right now. Um, although, shit. I mean, the <laughs> Sean, you know the Bucks are on a 14-game winning streak? Oh, I'm well aware. And Giannis has been in and out of the lineup. And that was my MVP pick, but he has been in and out. I mean, Middleton has looked amazing, and Drew Holiday is making a run for an all-NBA team. I watched some of their game towards the end yesterday against Phoenix, and I know we're Me waiting too. on Durant. But, yeah. Uh, they holiday went off. Yeah, 
I watched between that and I watched the the playoff holes of playoff hole of the PGA Tour. I was bouncing between that, trying to keep up with it. Or was it the Lakers? I don't know. Whatever. I watched a little bit of the Bucks, Phoenix, and Middleton looked electric. He looks fully healthy. They need him. They need him if they want to be that second team in the East. Um, I, will I say think they this, could. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. only they're only a half game behind the Celts, and the Celts haven't looked like world burners lately. I think that they can make a run at the one seed. Sure. I still think when it's all said and done, the Celtics are the better team. Yeah. Even if they are, even if Milwaukee finishes with a one, I would still take Boston to win that series when they play each other. Um, I do want to mention this. The Hawks, I think, are a dark horse team because they just hired Quinn Snyder as their head coach, agreeing to a five-year deal, and he is going to light a fire under the ass. They have not been able to stay steady with a coach. And Trey Young, you're on your last, you're on your last option right now, because I swear to God, you've already gotten three coaches fired. Quinn Snyder, who has had a lot of success in this league, is recently with with Utah. He's going to walk in there and command respect from that room. I think he's going to finally get that team to play some defense. I watched them play my team yesterday, and they have all the talent in the world to get past some of those teams like Washington and Chicago. God, if DeAndre Hunter could stay healthy, they'd be they'd be a pretty good team. Yeah, when Phillips brought up, I knew he had to because it's a question you have to ask when you're asking NBA guys and, and Knicks fan about Trey Young to the Knicks. I just wanted to cry when he brought that up. You know, Trey Young is a guy where I think if you tell if you if you try to sell yourself or your organization or your fan base on the fact that he's going to be your number one guy, you're you're going to become Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards. But if you can find a way to get him without giving up a tremendous amount, maybe it's draft picks, who knows, and he's your second guy or third guy. Tell you what, man, he he does make all the shots in the world, and he and he's he made some passes yesterday against the Nets, where I was just like, that was perfect defense. He just made an unbelievable pass, and he got hot. I think he scored eleven straight points at one point. I would not feel good about it either, but if you're able to maintain most of your roster, he is he. he you look at him in a different light. I I I do and I don't though because I think he's got a little bit of Russell Westbrook in him. Hmm. And not in the sense of their game, because their games are kind of the exact opposite. But in the sense, you know, like just to explain it to people listening, where it's like, I don't give a shit what's working. I'm going to I'm just going to do what got me here. Which is dominate the ball and, and wait to the last second of the shot clock. And then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that, in my opinion, is not championship basketball. Also thinks he's the best player on the floor at all times, right? Yep. And you can't be the best player on the floor when you're a legit turnstile on defense. <laughs> that, that's for damn sure. Um, okay, let's talk West. Where do you want to start? Dame Lillard had 71 last night. Uh, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think that was the fourth 70-point game of the season for total. Really? I Third mean, I know, yeah. I know Mitchell had one. Who yeah, I think, it was the, I think it was the third or the fourth. There was somebody else too who really, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's what I heard. Yeah, I mean, this year has been absurd, yeah, man. Yeah, the defense has been terrible. Um, but that's still seventy-one is nothing to shake a stick at. Um, so we're looking at the standings now. Memphis is still holding I on think to Luka that. Luca had one. I think Luca had one. Luca had seventy. I think so. No, didn't he have that absurd triple 70s. double? 
The triple double was one. I think he had another game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, listen, it could have happened. I don't remember. Um, the Nuggets are hold. The Nuggets are the best best team in the West right now. There's just no ifs ands or buts about it. Um, my Clippers are on a slide. This is what you get when you rest everybody every single game, right? And Russell <laughs> Westbrook is great, though. Russell Westbrook is coming in with his fucking cape to save the day. <laughs> on what a move! What a move! You get rid of Reggie Jackson, give him to the Nuggets for nothing, and you bring in your replacement as Russell Westbrook. They need to fucking go to that GM and ask him what year it is. I don't understand why teams continue to do this. It makes no sense. You know, and I kind of I kind of talked myself into it because it's like, all right, well, he's not going to play in the playoffs. But it's like, you guys also have to make the playoffs too. And he is going to play in the playoffs. It's Russell Westbrook. The name is big enough. He's going to play. I mean, they need to make the playoffs. I mean, they are only a few games ahead of the Pelicans. They're only three games ahead of the Pelicans. I know. Who've been a but major disappointment. Yeah, no, he looks incredible. Uh, PG's still doing his thing. I mean, he made the all-star team this year. Um, Kevin Durant still has not come back for the Suns, right? No, but he's making his debut on Wednesday. And Steph Curry is making his way back for the Warriors. Um, They're holding on to that seven seed. The Mavericks are on a bit of a topsy-turvy slide. Um, I just don't like that brand of basketball, and I just don't think that they have enough. So I'd like to talk about Dallas and the Lakers. By the way, before we hopped on the mic, uh, Shams reported that the foot injury LeBron suffered yesterday is going to force him out for multiple weeks. Uh, who knows what that means, but his season could be over, which sucks because they're 2-0. and The Lakers season is over now, too, by the way. That, with LeBron goes the Lakers season, goodbye to the Lakers season. And, and they looked pretty fucking good to start. And D'Lo got hurt as well. Yeah, and they... What a win that was. I mean, they were down 27 to Dallas, who, Tom, they're not going to win with this brand of basketball. They play no defense. They doubled down when they traded Finney Smith and Dinwiddie for Kyrie, which obviously they had to do. But if they don't score 140 points, they're not going to win. And Jason Kidd, I think, is a really good coach. I think he gets a little too much credit because he does have Luka Doncic um, and has had Luka Doncic, who can win you playoff series by himself. Um, but Tom, I got to tell you, Luca, he is starting to piss me off with his on court body language. It's really, really bad sometimes. I feel like this happens to every superstar that doesn't win enough early on in their career where he's always done that, but now it's starting to get highlighted because he's been one of the best players in the league for a long time. And now he's starting to play much more ball dominant basketball, which I don't think is a choice. I think it's a must, but yeah, I think he's going to start to piss everybody off, and, and that's what we do. We build him up just to knock him down to build him back up again. And, and two things can be true. I love watching him play. I don't love his style of play, but his he, that's but, what he's being asked to do. Exactly. That's the thing I wanted to highlight. I don't really think this is his style of play. I just think that that's their be- truly their best chance to win. I know we've talked about the comparisons between him and Houston Harden. It, Watching Luca, his game is so much better, so much more refined. He could do literally everything. But now you've got Kyrie, who has his really, really prolific scoring spurts, as we well know. But, Tom, they're one and three playing together, and that only win came against the San Antonio Spurs, who were probably the worst team in the league. There's going to be a Kyrie tweet pretty soon. 
because you know he ain't he he ain't a good you know he, if he's not a front runner, I mean I don't know who is because he's when things get bad we know what happens with him. No, no doubt. I really, I think this team is done. I they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're done. Sick of four. Yeah, though. because yeah, because the style doesn't win in the playoffs. We know that, right? Nope, not at all. I for a second, and I mean, I. I kind of think it'll still happen where Kyrie's going to have his moments, of course. And for a second, I talked myself into it, but I just realized they don't have enough around them. I mean, that Cavs team, when Kyrie went on his run, had so much more around them, and there was defense to protect them. You had Shumpert. J.R. Smith could play good defense when he wanted to play. They had a couple other players. The The Mavericks don't have anything close to that. No, I mean, you got Maxi Kleber and Powell and... No guards Botons. though. No guard. No guards to cover up their their defensive woes. Hardaway and Bullock. You know they they can make shots. They can get hot for you, but they also are turnstiles. Yeah. No. It's it's over for them. And I'm really sad. I mean, enough with the Mavericks. Whatever. I'm, I'm sad to see. You know, as much as I root against the Lakers, because. I just thought that they were delusional with the whole Westbrook thing, and I thought that they were getting what they deserved. Uh, for a second, I was kind of happy that I thought that they're on a three-game winning streak and they really look poised to make a climb for the play-in game and then a run in the playoffs if a healthy LeBron and Davis were there. And now it's it's just over. It is, because you can't lose LeBron. And, and you know, the, all of their moves worked, from Russell to Vanderbilt to Beasley. They all worked. And now Utah is ahead of them in the standings and has their draft pick and a million more. Yeah, they do. Um, Utah is just playing with house money, man. It's it's fucking great. And at this point, they're not going to be so bad to be in the Wembenyama sweepstakes, so you might as well make the playoffs if you're them, right? Yeah, and I think they can. I think they can hold Pat. I do, too, when you look at the rest of the competition. It's just crazy because, you know, if I were to argue, I think you could totally argue that OKC has, obviously they have a better number one players. SGA might be first team or second team All-NBA. And I think the Thunder have way more talent than the Jazz, yet the Jazz are just a much better coach team. Hardy's yeah, well, had a great Hardy. year. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely he has. And, I mean, when you're having a season like Markinen's having, oh, yeah. I mean, they have guys like Jordan Clarkson who any night can put up 30. Um, and Walker Kessler, I mean, this guy, I, Bill Simmons said on his podcast, I don't know if you do Rudy Gobert for Walker Kessler straight up, let alone everything else that Minnesota gave up. Sean, not only would I not do Rudy Gobert for Walker Kessler straight up, I wouldn't do Vanderbilt, who they had in that trade as well for Walker for uh, Gobert straight up. Vanderbilt has looked really good on the Lakers, and he looked good on the Jazz as well. Yep, he had. Uh, it's it really is the worst trade probably of all time. Um, there's some there's been some horrific ones, but that one I think takes the cake. Um, anything else out of the West? Uh, Jokic, uh, I want to talk. You know. MVP in a second, but the guy every night delivers, man. He just doesn't stop. Yeah, I I think people are bored of the narrative just because he's won two in a row and he does it in such a non-electric way, but he's just the best player in the league right now. Okay, I got to ask you. Phoenix gets Durant back. Who are you taking in a seven-game series, Phoenix or Denver? Phoenix, Jokic is the best regular season player in the league, but Denver's got too many dogs on that team. And you haven't, we haven't heard the last of CP3. You know I still hold out hope. 
I know you he's do. The, he's literally like the last player. I'm saying literally too much, but he is the last player from my childhood that I really rooted for that I want to get a ring from like all sports. If he doesn't do it this year and it doesn't happen for him with Durant it's and Booker, it's it's as over as anything. Um, MVP. It's Jokic against Embiid, I think, unless you think Giannis could be a dark horse. Who's your MVP right now with 20 games left? It's Jokic. I know Embiid's put up some great numbers, but Embiid has had some weird stinkers as well. Um, I know he went out and dominated him a couple of weekends ago, that being Embiid over Jokic, but Jokic just put – every time he goes out there, he's a walking 24 points – Nine to ten rebounds and twelve assists. He's he's the best player in the league. Like I said, um, the only way I think Giannis wins the MVP is if he comes back, goes on an all-time tear, and the Bucks overtake the Celtics for the one seed. I think I agree with you across the board. It's just crazy because the NBA does. I mean, we don't see three peats for MVP, but Jokic is shattering the mold. He is, and and he's he's a guy that, I mean, he's it, there's been injuries and whatnot, and I don't think he's as, I don't know why, but I don't think he's as publicized as Luca. But we're getting to that point right now where if he doesn't make a serious run in the playoffs this year, it's it's truly we're gonna have to start talking about him. I think you're right. I think you're a hundred percent right. Embiid could and should Philly a little. I don't want to use the word disrespected. I feel like that's wrong, but they don't get talked about the same way um, Milwaukee and Boston do. And they've been I think it's good. I, I just think it's rightfully so because cool. They're doing pretty well in the, in the regular season, but one, they don't have any guards, especially cause they got rid of Tybal that can do anything on the defensive end. And as if James Harden's one of your best players in the playoffs, I'm not going to talk about the team either. <laughs> I'm sorry. I also think, yeah, I also think people are just over, you know, Embiid is not getting out of the second round. I know part of that was Ben Simmons. But um, in addition to that, we know what Harden's narrative is in the playoffs, and we don't care what he does in the regular season. Nope, not at all. And that's kind of why I don't think they're being talked about. If they were the one seed, maybe, but they're a three seed, whatever. Yeah, they, they have, they've won a lot of games, though. But I think Saturday night against the Celtics – was a was a game where we're going to see a lot in the playoffs if those two teams match up where it's evenly matched it looks like Philly's got it but Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown ends up being the better player in the more crucial and clutch situation yep and MB just faded away there towards the end I mean he dominated the game but then crunch time rolled around yeah and Tatum and Brown have that dog in them we know Harden does not and I think MB does but from the center position he can only do so much yep and the Celtics, since the very beginning of their career, being Tatum and Brown, you love to say it all the time, they're battle-tested. No doubt <laughs> about the it. definition of it. Multiple no, conference finals and NBA finals, they're, they're, they're ready to go in the playoffs. I mean, Tatum went to Game 7 of the East Final his rookie year. Yep. No, I'm not worried about them at all. The only team I want to talk about is the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's because I kept saying don't worry about them, but... You know, they're the 10 seed, and at some point, you do have to worry about them, right? They're under 500, and Zion hasn't played in, in 10 years. Them and Memphis are very comparable to me. Yep. Teams Memphis. that got off to really good starts with, with a ton of talent that 
have just faded and wilted under pressure. Mm-hmm. And what about last thing we can talk about with the NBA? I want to cover every team that I feel like is has a relevant story to it. Light the beam. Is that what they say? Go Kings. Yeah, well, you mentioned I was waiting for you to talk. We can't take personally. I can't take credit for that because I think I picked them to be a 10 seed. So I can't say, oh, well, I did pick them to make the playoffs. This isn't an Orlando Magic S run that I had a couple of years ago where nobody was picking them and they made the playoffs. Um, I mean, this seems a fucking three seed. I know. Uh, and they don't seem to have a lot of holes. De'Aaron Fox is on a bender right now. I think he's had like five straight 30-point games, something like that. Um, we talk, shooting the lights out. We talked about it since we saw the trade kind of unfold a little bit. One of the few trades where it was a true win-win for both teams. Yeah, Halliburton for Sabonis. Yep. I, because Halliburton could be an all-NBA guy this year, was an all-star, and Sabonis is... Sabonis so is the reason why this team's even even inside the top ten. He the 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 opening up that he does for Fox to do what he does best, and just the way he completely changed this team since he's come over is really he doesn't get enough credit for it. No, I'm with you. I think that they're a team where people still the casual basketball fan. I don't think have taken them at all seriously because they play out in the West Coast and they play in Sacramento. And as you mentioned earlier on, haven't made the playoffs since 2006. Um, so it's it's a hard story yeah. to really get on board with this all team you know has, them sucking. This team has a lot of talent, though, man. Even coming off the bench with Malik Monk, you got Rashawn Holmes coming in, who you've been begging for to be a Brooklyn Net for like 10 years now. And I don't even I like think he's been in the league 10 years. Um, <laughs> I mean, this team, Herder has just taken it up five levels. I, I really like this team. And Murray was, you know, people poo-pooed that pick, but he's he was the perfect pick for him. Oh, and he, Kessler Edwards too, by the way. Yeah, my former team, my my former guy. He's been playing he's, really well. Yeah, because he's a real three and D guy. He just needed to go somewhere where he wasn't, you know, looking at the bench every time he missed a shot. Um, shout out to Mike Brown, by the way, the head coach there. He's he's obviously was the head coach of that first iteration of the LeBron Cavaliers, and then he spent a lot of time in Golden State underneath Steve Kerr, even coached some playoff games when Kerr was dealing with his back. He's a, he's done an unbelievable job changing the culture and the entire configuration of that team. I don't think anyone wants to play them in the playoffs, man. No, they're, they're an up-and-down team, and nobody wants to run with them. They can't. A lot of teams can't. Kessler Edwards hasn't really played that much. I might have been wrong on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what you call it? Censor myself there. Okay. I'm thinking of somebody well, else. Were you talking about Harrison Barnes? I know Harrison Barnes has been great, but there's another young guy in the league that I'm trying to think of that has just been killing it. Might be for OKC, um, but OKC is not that relevant. But they did get, um, is it Jalen? Williams? I can't even think of it. Who cares? I, well, when you said Kessler Edwards, I was like, I didn't know he was playing, but if you told me that they found a role for him, I wouldn't have been shocked. No, they found a small role for him, but not as much. Maybe it's Walker Kessler I'm getting it confused with. I don't know. Well, Walker Kessler's doing his thing out in Utah. I mean, he is he is a legitimate big man. He's done, he's done an unbelievable job out there. Why? They're a playoff team right now. Yep. I think right, I'm NBA. thinking of uh, Jalen Williams on Oklahoma City. You could. He's he's been hot as hell from three. Yep. 
No, I, I think want to see Chet play with them, man. I can't wait. You think they'd be? You think they would be at least in the play-in game if Chet was there and they had less incentive to tank? In this Western Conference, yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, let's finish up with a quick MLB note. Manny Machado said he was going to opt out of his contract at the end of the season. The Padres didn't let him do it. They signed him to an 11-year, $350 million extension with no opt-outs in this deal. It's going to take him through his age 41 season. So goodbye to a second pipe dream of the Yankees getting Machado. I'm pissed about this, Sean. The, and goodbye to the Mets pipe dream of getting Machado, too. I am pissed about this. The second I saw this news come across my phone screen, it was probably Bleacher Report or whatever. I haven't deleted the app yet. I've just. I thought you deleted it. No, I unfollowed them on all social media, but I kept the app and I turned off a lot of the notifications to only shit that truly mattered to me. Um, And I know the second I got that notification, I think I texted you and said, Glaber and whatever you want for Snell and Machado right now, do it. (laughs) yep and you know that ain't happening it didn't do you think there was a phone call no fucking joke because i think the padres had no intention to 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 trade him they're a world series aspirational team um and they pay a billion dollars worth for players they are not going to let Manny Machado go, and I think Machado wanted to put the pressure on them and say, yeah, I, I actually kind of want to stay here. The only thing that they need to do next is figure out if they're going to pay Juan Soto what might be $55 million a year. Other than that, they've got everything locked up. I think you got to pay Soto, right? Yeah, I think he's a free agent at the end of 2024, so you got two more years with him, but at this rate, why not? visit extension talks with them. The entire mm-hmm. nucleus of this team is together. I think they will. They're run kind of like good, Atlanta. Was this a good move for Machado? For sure. I don't think he was getting that kind of money on the market. Or maybe he wasn't to, getting the... He might have been getting the annual salary, but I think... I don't know if he would have gotten that many years and that chunk of money. I would have said no, but the way that this winter went, I think he, I think somebody would have done it. Probably the Mets um, after losing out on Correa. But yeah, man, I thought this was this was kind of written on the wall the whole time. I just with the way San Diego's built their roster and the amount of resources they pumped into this team, they're spending money like they fucking have an endless abundance of it. They weren't going to let him go. No, and they shouldn't. And I wish the Yankees would would run a team like this of all the mid-market teams the Padres are saying fuck all of y'all this is this is how we're running our business all of their money is going into their team yeah and I wouldn't even call I feel like they're a mid-market team in the sense of eyeballs on the team but they run themselves more like the Dodgers well that's what they want to be that's what the owner has said he wants them to be he wants to see Padres jerseys across the Across the country, they do in all have sick jerseys. I, I like them. I like them. You they like do the have brown and jerseys. yellow? Yeah. Can he be my? Can he be the the Jets, Knicks, and Yankees owner as well if he wants? <laughs> Just own New I York. Don't, I don't think so. I think he's very happy out in San Diego. No one's gonna cri- No one's gonna criticize him. No, that's true. I I've never been to San Diego, but I heard it is a nice place. 
I've heard it's beautiful, like 75 and sunny all the time. Gas Lake District, although I heard that's a tourist trap. I have to get over there. Get over there, man. Let me know how it is. Yeah, I will. Well, you're closer than me. Yeah, I am, but too many other places I got to check out first. I will tell you this. I saw Carson Wentz got cut today by the commanders. Uh, I think his next step is to just slide in and play for the D.C. defenders of the XFL. Um, he could just stay right there and go play. What a disaster he is. Yeah, well, I mean, the XFL looks like it's been doing pretty good. Better than live? Yeah, I was going to say, can you get me the ratings to both and tell me what did better? <laughs> uh, let me see if I can Google the ratings for the XFL this weekend. Week two. Uh, not scores. God damn it. Hold on. Hold on. I got you. I'm going to give you the weekend debut. Okay. XFL's weekend debut broadcast Sunday or Saturday on NBC and Sunday on UPM were watched by a total of 54 million viewers among men 18 to 49. Saturday's game got a 10.3 rating from 8 to 11 p.m. People just fucking will do anything for football. So, they yeah, will. needless to say, it did a hell of a lot better than the than the Live Golf, which got a point two. <laughs> still so great. Which I still well, don't understand this rating scale, but as far as I know... Um, the higher the number, the better. You would be correct, sir. Um, I will also say that it probably helped that the XFL was on NBC and ABC and ESPN and Fox because we know that the CW, despite having one sport and that being live, uh, is not cut out for sports. And I think if the XFL was on the CW, uh, nobody would know it's on and that might get a point three. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm trying to I'm trying to see the rating for the Super Bowl, just to give everybody uh, a scale. Uh, it's not telling me the rating number, but 113 million viewers. That sounds about right. Yeah, and it was a great game too. Yeah, it was a very good game, especially the fourth quarter. Um, so what's this? You t- you mentioned it on the last pod, but I just want to ask you: You're going to the Catskills for your brother's bachelor party? Uh, yeah. How, what are your thoughts on that? And you're going early too, right? You're going in no March. No, I'm going in May. Oh, like okay, the, that's before, not bad. I'm gonna say March is gonna be Memorial cold. Day. Okay, be fucking freezing. Um, no, we're going uh, up that way. My brother wants to wants to do like just kind of an escape into like you know you got a lake you've got a bunch of shooting like a shooting range a golf course he i he is like you're playing golf whether you like it or not so i have to do what he wants club Um, sponsor get on the pod let's get sean a free fitting and a free set of clubs which we're not not picky by the way will any club any club company that wants to hit us up to to sponsor the pod we'll take it i got a couple of months um but no we we are going to lock that in it's a group of me, him, and 14 of his degenerate friends. But it should be a nice getaway. Um, I've been up there several times. My aunt and uncle have uh, a place in uh, Kerhonkson, which is like a little past New Paltz. So we're staying in that general area oh, like okay. right outside New Paltz. So, you know a couple, I played a golf course up by New Paltz. It's on an apple orchard. It's actually a very nice course. All right. Well, I'll have to get the name from you and maybe drop the name to uh, to Connor. 
Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. You're the best man? Correct. So you're putting this all together? I put it all together. Well, I've got the Airbnb and coordinated with all his friends, so now it's just a matter of getting the days and the activities taken care of. Well, you got a baseline. As long as you have a place to stay, the rest yes. is the rest should be easy. Yeah, that I had to do way out ahead of time. Um, well, golf you're going to have thing. to do, by the way. I know you're not experienced in golf, but to have 14 guys on a golf course, you're going to have to do that pretty far in advance as well. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let some of his friends who actually play take the lead for that. I feel like I did the heavy lifting. The rest can be they can all figure it out themselves. Okay, I'm trying to think. Uh, sixteen people, sixteen divided by four is four twelve. No, wait, four, eight, twelve, sixteen. Okay, so you have four foursomes. I was gonna say that was really that was really sad. I was gonna say if you needed an extra guy, you know, that's not that far of a drive for me to play sure, around. But, sure. uh, it looks like you have four foursomes, so you're good to go. You, you schnurring your way into into a golf outing is the least surprising thing that we've ever heard on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, um, I could I could round up three buddies pretty easily if you just you know let me know the day. I have no doubt that you could. Um, <laughs> But yes, so that that is being taken care of. I got to tell you, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, booked my flights, even more of a pain in the ass. It is expensive as hell. Where are you right flying now. into? JFK. Okay, and then what's the plan from there? Uh, brother's picking me up, and then we're driving to the Airbnb. Oh well, I was going to say if you needed, if you were staying a night or something or whatever, and you didn't want to go that far. I could always pick you up and you could stay in the guest room. The only thing is Soy has to sleep with you. Well, listen, you've used this a couple of times and I appreciate the offer. Um, but I feel like I'm not going to get much sleep with Soy, you know, not liking his territory infringed upon. <laughs> uh, he might just hang from the doorknob as he likes to do during the pod if you're not if he's not allowed in your room. <laughs> I know he he's been he's he's chirped in a couple of times on the pod. Um What's going on with you? What else is going on this week? We have another pod scheduled for Thursday. We're going to talk baseball rules and get everybody acquainted with what the hell's going on in 2023. Get me what acquainted. Going on? Um, I mean, listen, I'm just going to do a couple stretches tonight, loosen up the back for tomorrow. It's supposed to snow. Uh, first real snow for at least this metropolitan area for 2023. So we're... I was really hoping we were just somehow going to skip winter this year, but I'm, I'm, I can't complain. We haven't really had any snow, and I've played way more golf than I should, even in the, the February, January months. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be getting ready for that snowstorm coming, but then it should all be melted away by Thursday anyways. Aside from that, nothing really. It's Monday. Got a full work week, depending on how the weather is tomorrow morning. And weekend, I don't have any plans yet. We'll see. All right, man. Well, let me let me tell you. I, if you can find any, if you can find any uh, excuse to play golf once the snow melts, I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, that's the one benefit, at least, from a late February storm, is that it should melt relatively fast. It shouldn't be lingering too long. Yeah, about two weekends ago, I played, and it was a lot colder than the temperature felt, and I just. I, inst I, I implemented a new rule. No golf below 50 degrees. Uh, if you tell me, oh, you want to play golf today and it's 49, it's hard. it used to be really hard for me to say no. I have played golf in 
21 degree weather before. I remember you telling me that you had a coffee and it turned into ice. Yep, I did. Um, that was that round where we played in the ground. It was like playing on cement. Won't do it anymore. I'm maturing. Uh, I'm going to be joining a country club this year. Um, and wow. I, there's a lot of golf in my future. Is Do you have one already picked out? Oh yeah, join? dude. It's not, it's called, <laughs> it's called Southern Dutchess country club. It's a nine hole course, very nice nine hole course. And they have another sister course. R- literally, not literally again, it is probably five minutes from my mom's house in Carmel, the sister course. You get two courses access to it. Unlimited golf at one. And it's $20 around for the other for $2,200. Yeah. That sounds like an investment worth making. Yeah. For you. What'd you yeah. think I was going to say? Like fucking burning tree or uh, <laughs> something Listen, around I here? I wanted to know who you were cozying up to in order oh, to get a little bit of access to I some mean, of these things. I I'm mean, not, I'm not paying 50 grand down payment or whatever and then paying you know $10,000 a year. That And that's I even on the low side. You, I don't know who you know that might have a connection. I, no I've... I'm not fully ingratiated into the town that I live in yet, which we've probably mentioned a million times. But, you know, my cousins live across the street. He goes to the high school here. So I've got a few things in the works um, for a couple country clubs that his friend's parents belong to that I'm working on. Um, And then one of Michaela's friend's husbands used to be one of the – What's the word? You know, the people that do all the turf management or whatever people at Wingfoot. So groundskeepers. I guess I wanted to give them a better name than that. Um, and that's what they're called. Yeah, I know, but you know, you go to college for that, Sean. I'm trying to get in at Wingfoot here. Let's show the guy a little respect in case he listens. The ground consigliere. That's his occupation, and that's what his job title says. He's a ground consigliere. Okay. Um, you know, a ground engineer. Um, sure. And he used to work at Wingfoot. I'm hoping he has, you know, that's <laughs> that's a top 15 course in the country. Extremely exclusive. That's like a $250,000 down payment to get into that club. So I'm trying to cozy up. That's and, where Slick Rick is going to be playing. Yeah, well, he lives on Wingfoot. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll pass his house and just drop off a information pamphlet about St. John's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should do it. Yeah. That should do it. But All yeah, right. we'll see. We'll see. It's a long time till summer. Then it is, but hopefully it'll go by fast. We got a lot to talk about. Like I said, we'll be back Thursday. We're going to do a little seminar for all of you listeners about the MLB rules. Um, because I feel like if we don't talk about it now, Tom, we'll get ingratiated with college basketball, NBA, and then our baseball preview, all the off season football news. And then we'll forget to tell people that there's new rules come opening day. Yeah, and when Sean says he's going to tell people, meaning the listeners, he's also going to be telling me. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be making any statements. It's going to be all questions on that podcast for me. So you better be studied up on these rules. Bring bring your coffee. Sit down. <laughs> make yourself comfortable. Uh, Professor Rowe is is in session, and I'll have all the information for you. Very nice. So we'll be talking to you guys on Thursday. Take care, everybody. Bye.